You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? And welcome to a brand new Fresh Fright review. Yeah, you're on that show. You like to listen to every single week that thing we like to call... Uh, Jeremy? Jeremy? Dude. (sighs) You know, it's okay if you miss it one time, but seriously, like, I'm waiting... It's kind of a thing. Oh, (laughs) dude, I totally forgot. (laughs) Jeremy's not here. Oh, shit. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, uh, our boy Jeremy is totally absent on this episode, but you're listening to an episode of Brain Stew and our good friend Jeremy, my main co-host, he went to Horror Hound this weekend, the convention. Uh, for the premiere of Fred Heads, the documentary, so he is not here for this episode. And our good boy, be ready, he's off for the week or two, or whenever you know he decides to come back, he will let me know. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is a special Fresh Frights review. I am joined by two people you know and you love. And, well, y'all need no introduction, but I will start off with. The ultimate, the one, the only god of podcasting himself, motherfucking Loisos. I can't believe you had to dig up my grave and prop up my corpse to get me to come on this show finally. You're my Frankenweenie, man. (laughs) I fucking put some bolts in your neck and shit. Use some electricity and brought you back to life for this shit. Oh, there it is. I, you know, this is a thing. I need to pull the people I know that I need when I need them. So glad to have you back. It's been a while. I think the last thing we did was not Top Gun Maverick. I think you were on for Jurassic World. What the fuck was that movie called? Jurassic World Dominion with no colon. That's what it was. Oh, how forgettable it was. But ladies and gentlemen. Not only is the god of podcasting back on this episode of Brain Stew, but the man that was here from the beginning on the pilot episode of Brain Stew, our boy Gerald from Two Peas on a Pod. Dude, Gerald, what the fuck is up, my friend? What's up, guys? What a fucking duo I'm on the mic with tonight. Justin and Loisauce. Yeah, so sound excited, Gerald. I know, yeah. So... (laughs) Also, fun fact, Jeremy was supposed to be on this episode, but he heard we weren't discussing the thing tonight, so he decided not very to Very true. Very true. He's like, is John Carpenter being mentioned on this episode? We're like, no. So, dude, Jeremy, Jeremy. went... Yeah, He's going to tell this story, I'm sure, when he comes back on the air, but he apparently drove all the way to Horror Hound with a full, you know, the thing dog prop in his car, mm-hmm. and they did a full the thing reunion photo op thing the entire weekend in which that prop was part of. He sent me some pictures and stuff. I know he's busy. I know he didn't get the opportunity to see the movie we're reviewing on this episode. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a movie that 
if you're a horror fan, I'm sure you've already seen. We are talking about the film Barbarian. This is a movie that kind of went under the radar, if you will. I don't know. Did you guys know about this movie? Now, I mean, I know Lois Austin because he works at the theater. But, Gerald, were you aware of this movie like two weeks ago? Mm, maybe right around then. We'll talk a little bit about it when we get later into the discussion because it's going to be a, a subject that I want to tackle. But I think the fact that I did know about it and how I knew about it is partially what kind of influenced me a little bit in my take on the movie. So I, I'll, I'll elaborate more later. I don't want to give too much away at the top here. But yes, I heard about it probably roughly a couple weeks ago. And Loisos, you clearly knew about this movie. Well, well, sure. But here's the thing. I mean, so Barbarian was number one at the box office this past weekend. It made um, over, I think, over just over ten million dollars. So it's how already, fucking amazing is that? It's, oh shit! It's it is great. amazing. It's already made its budget back. This this kind of scrappy little thriller that came out of nowhere and people are out and supporting it opening weekend. That's fantastic. Made for an extremely modest budget. The thing is, though, like this was released by a major studio. This was Fox. Well, excuse me. It's 20th Century Studios now because, of course, Ooh. Disney bought out Fox. So Ooh. we're not exactly rooting for the underdog here because Disney gets even that money, even the money mm-hmm. that's not going to Marvel movies and, you know, live action remakes of Disney animated classics. This is a R-rated, pretty fucked up horror movie that's being released by Disney. Which is insane, but anyway. Right. Um, so I well, knew. No, I mean, it's insane, but it's 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 great though, isn't it? Though, sure. But that it's not just Disney churning out remake after remake. I know a little bit pre-show we were talking about, you know, Little Mermaid remake and you know Pinocchio, Pinocchio remake. remake and all that garbage. Yeah. It's like, and I, right, I hate to call it garbage. I haven't watched it. It's like I really can't call it that. But what I'm saying is, more shit that Disney's churning out just you know to throw at people. Here you go. Here you go. But the fact that they're actually like open to this in, in, in this sector of the company and the studio is like, okay, please allow this to keep happening. Please, please, please. Yeah, whoever made that decision, keep, keep them in charge because we need more movies like Barbarian. No, I was going to say I agree with everything Justin said. I think it's cool when these uh, the big guns kind of get involved in the little niche stuff. You know, it's like not everything can be an indie filmmaker with the camcorder in his backyard. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need the big guys to get involved. So I think there's something to be said for that Disney's involvement. I mean, it's weird, <laughs> you know, strange, you know, what else is strange, but this you know. film is conspicuously nowhere to be found on the official 20th century studios website. Hmm. You see like, really? you see like prey, you see avatar Two. You, you even search up the name barbarian in their search engine. Nothing comes up. How weird is that? That is really weird. I think it's fascinating. I think it's fantastic. Hmm. I love the idea of having a movie like this kind of hit audiences by storm the way that it has. And I, I didn't even know the box office numbers. I didn't look them up. So thank you. It, it's amazing to me to see a movie like this do gangbusters and, and people go out to see it because, number one, it has no huge stars. I mean, it's got Bill Skarsgård. I mean, people know him from one main thing. We know what it is. You want a balloon, Georgie? Oh. I, you know, so this thing's happening and it's doing something. And going back to how we all know about this movie, I had heard the title. And for once, me doing this show me being a horror person, you know, reviewing movies or whatever, I have my wife to thank for reminding me about this movie because we were at Alamo Winchester. She's like, what's that poster? Barbarian? Do you know about that? And I was like, oh, I think Bill Skarsgård's in that. She's like, 
oh that 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 look that poster is cool and i was like yeah whatever i'll tell you about it if i know about it then we go into the theater to watch some other movie i forget what it was and the trailer played and she's like that looks great and i was like yeah you're right that looks fantastic holy shit we need to see that so for once it's my wife telling me and daniel i know you're not listening to this part of the episode as you edit but thank you darling i love you because you literally were like we need to see that movie and it we was not you, on Danielle. my radar. We love Seriously, you, like, I, I, Thank you. It was probably it was probably Nope because I saw the trailer before. You're right. It was Nope. nope yes, when I saw I, it in the theater, yeah. and that was when I actually mm-hmm. learned about it. So two or three weeks ago. Well, speaking of the trailer, I mean, I think the marketing for this movie. I mean, despite the studio not having the film on its website, very odd. The the marketing is very clever because the trailer only shows maybe the first thirty minutes of the movie. And everything mm-hmm. else that happens in the movie is just a wonderful surprise. And we'll get into it. I think that's effective in terms of like, when I watched this movie, I was unbelievably nervous because I had no idea where, where it was going, what it was about to show me. So, I mean, I, I, I think the way that they at least constructed that trailer, whoever cut yeah, that trailer. From a, from a trailer perspective, I agree a with brilliant you. Trailer. 100%. Yeah. Brilliant trailer. And I hope, it, it, I mean, and if not many people have seen the trailer or not many people have heard of the movie necessarily, I hope that word of mouth helps this movie stay afloat at the box office and gets more and more people to see it. I hope that people go out and see it before they get spoiled. Because oh, this yeah. is the kind of movie that is, you know, best enjoyed if you have not had, had it revealed to you. Without and, um, a doubt, this is is so cliche. When especially in the horror genre, it get, you it gets regurgitated. Where the less you know, the better. But this is one hundred percent the case with Barbarian. Like I wish that I hadn't seen some of the things I had seen on social media before I saw it. And oh, so you other, saw some stuff where someone? Yeah, no. Well, okay, I saw some I, folks' right. comments, and then. I guess I could talk about it now. It's not really. I, can we stop doing this thing where it's like the scariest movie in a hundred years? Like, and they'll put up. <laughs> have you seen that? And they'll show the audience like freaking out at the movie. Oh, that, that clip that they're using for the, yeah. the promotion and stuff, where the audience is going, ah! "Look, it can we stop height. doing it?" That? I mean, it does. It does. But I think I just it's an wish effective. I, hadn't I, seen that I think that's I an it. effective tactic. I remember seeing the Evil Dead remake. And mm-hmm. uh, same I, shit, same shit. Some people were puking, heart attacks, and the whole yeah, thing, right? right? I didn't know until afterwards, but I went to a screening where they had that night vision camera in there, and they were recording people's reactions. I'm assuming what? for viral marketing. They, well, we had to sign a waiver. <laughs> they had had a, uh, it was like an early screening, and um, we had to sign a waiver that says like you may be photographed or something in this right. in this screening. And um, I don't know. Uh, if I, they, I hope. You, I, I mean, I hope you kept your dick in your pants unless <laughs> well, you really wanted to become the next big porn star I during the evil dead doing. remake i mean it was pretty hard not to you know yeah it had to be out <laughs> no, let's be honest but uh, anyway I, so i think that's effective i do think this movie is a little bit a victim of overhype i'm not saying that i didn't love this movie because i mean spoiler alert i did but i mean there's always that expectation when you go in when you hear like uh oh man this thing's crazy like your mind just goes like crazy with imagination Mm -hmm. and trying to Mm -hmm. um when you're watching it you're like it's it's hard when people have you know built it up for you it's hard that your expectations meet that you know that level you know it's just a it's just a tough thing i mean we're we're all 80s horror fans you know and like we've seen everything (laughs) yeah but i mean when you take yourself back to a pre-social media age like you didn't have to deal with shit like this like imagine if this movie for example had come out in like the late 80s 
Like people would have just went to see it and they and they just would have been fucking, you know, floored about what they were watching. But I mean You're what, right you're right on so many levels, Loy Sauce, because it's super effective because it's gonna get people intrigued and they're and they love to be scared of the movies. So they're gonna be like, Oh my god, this is the scariest movie in ten years. Like what? Like we have to see this. But then like you're setting their expectation level like almost at an unrealistic level, like hype level. To where it's just going to be really, really hard to live up to that. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, here's my follow-up question Even then, Even though Gerald. I did like it. Okay, I was about to say, like, what did you think of the movie? Because well, <laughs> yeah, it's, I didn't it's, know it's, what it sounds like you're building up to. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this, we're going to do initial thoughts. But if you have not seen this movie, this is your warning. As Gerald said, this is a movie best kept watching for the first time and then listening to an episode after because we're going to get into this movie there's really no way for us to dissect this movie without actually getting into that thing i call the nitty gritty you know digging really deep into that shit you know spread them legs and just hop in fucking you know we're going in deep into this shit so initial thoughts but if you're weary of getting spoiled and you haven't seen the movie yet wait and listen to the episode afterward Definitely spoilers. And also, I, I have to throw this out there because I have to be the, the sensitive, conscious one. But content warning, because there is there's some stuff in this movie that involves, you know, sexual assault, child abuse. Uh, this Incest. is Yeah, this is a pretty <laughs> hardcore. Well, I mean, in terms of subject matter, it's a pretty hardcore. Right. In Moisos, I saw family at Alamo Winchester bring their entire family i saw wow. a kid that was 12 i saw a kid that was 10 i saw a kid that was 13 i'm sure if you were there you would have loved to see those children get their heads ripped right the fuck off oh sure walking out of the well, theater. i mean i would just say that if you're a parent i mean if i were a parent i personally would not bring my 10 year old no. to see this movie no. um but, but that's no just small me children. so if you're listening and you don't want to engage with the following subjects um just be aware Good that note. being said, this is definitely a movie that <laughs> takes those elements and kind of injects kind of a grindhouse sense of like fun to it. I mean, I don't know. This is a pretty gnarly movie, kind of in the vein of a Don't Breathe. If you've seen Don't Breathe, this is comparable in terms of like, yeah, it gets pretty hairy to say the least. But there's that sense of like you're going in and you're you kind of have to be prepared for some stuff. <laughs> so, Boy Sauce, before yes. you go any further, because I force you to do this, this is a known thing that you do. Oh. I require you to do this. Oh. For those that are uninitiated, you know, just tell them the basic idea of what this movie is. Okay. <sighs> well, Barbarian is about a woman played by Georgina Campbell, Tess. And Tess is traveling to Detroit. She books an Airbnb. She has a job interview the following morning. And she gets there and she arrives late at night. And she finds out when she gets there that the house has been double booked by a man played by Bill Skarsgård. She decides to stay, spend the evening in the house, even though the man, Keith, is already staying there. And she finds out that they're, oh man, uh, nothing is what it seems, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. More yeah. than meets the eye. Yes. Uh, you know, she has a lot more to fear than, you know, an unexpected guest Woo! in the house. So right. um, that's just, that only just scratches the surface. Again, uh, that covers maybe the first half hour of the movie. Mm hmm. 
I mean, there is a certain point in the movie where she discovers uh, a, a hidden passageway in in the basement that leads to secret tunnels. And what she finds in the secret tunnels, well, let's just say hijinks ensue. Yeah. Oh, so. oh, yeah, there's <laughs> that right. hashtag. There's that hashtag, motherfucker. I mean, uh, you know, just coming right off this thing right off the bat, I mean, for sure, I feel like the first 30 minutes of this movie are maybe its strongest. I don't know. Some could argue that with me. I don't know. But what I love is the fact that this movie just jumps right in from the get go. You know, we have this character, Tess, who's literally just coming in for a job interview. And you can clearly see she's got some relationship issues. Her phone keeps ringing. Someone keeps bothering her, which is adding tension to the scene. It's raining. She kind of realizes once she gets there, it's not in the best area. And I won't even lie, ladies and gentlemen, I've been there. My wife sometimes books Airbnbs. Like, we're going to go to this section of Brooklyn. It's really cool. It's really rad. Or wherever we're going. And I'll be like, oh, dude, like, I think I heard gunshots down the street. Like, it's cool. The fucking brownstone were in as red as fuck. They got a King Kong poster on the wall. But I'm like, uh, you know, did I need to bring my Glock or my machine gun with me or my butcher knife? You don't um, necessarily so, feel the most secure when you're in any Airbnb because you're in someone else's house. And, well, that, right. and this movie takes place in fucking Detroit. Well, and, sure. Uh, and also, I love the fact that, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen Detroit. Correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Gerald or Brian. It follows shot in Detroit and did uh-huh. a beautiful job. Well, and don't of, breathe. I mentioned don't, don't breathe, breathe already. Yeah, but. don't breathe as well. You know, those old abandoned houses and they use those. And there's you see a lot of them in the cinematography and right. a lot of the background shots in this movie. But the film does a beautiful, amazing job of setting the whole thing up where you're instantly like within the first 15 minutes of the thing, like you're on the edge of your seat already. You're like, okay, so this chick's going to this thing. I feel like anyone that books Airbnbs has been in that situation where like the code is not working or the key's not working or right. the door's not opening up for you. So it's it's for today's generation, I feel like this movie is perfect. I mean, and also, if you're a parent and you've done Airbnb, so there's like, you know, a, a younger audience being captured here as well as an older audience. And then, of course, the door opens, and we have none other than Pennywise himself, right. the evil clown, who, and my wife and I talked about this a lot, like, Bill Skarsgård is a beautiful motherfucker. Make no mistake, he's he is gorgeous. Man, yeah. He's done some modeling. Most of his best photography is him just in, like, a leather jacket, like, ripped with his hair slicked back, and every dude wants to be him. But everyone else knows, like, oh. Or wants to be with him in I would want to no uncertain terms but <laughs> I mean anytime he wants just get a hold Bill, of Bill call us if you're listening <laughs> you can even I mean, dress like, as Pennywise brother come on over but <laughs> also he's Pennywise the clown I mean he's a horror icon and also I saw I'm not sure if you guys noticed this executive producer on this yeah, movie so, yeah. so he knows what he's yeah. doing here and he Justin, knows, he, to your yeah. point can i say something real quick so to your point my wife and i also discussed this because i got her to go to a cinema to see a horror movie with me which i should be congratulated for that congratulations all Go. hail gerald for and convincing his wife yes the last time she did that was actually for it chapter one by the way which i, I think, think is funny. i think we know why she wants to see this movie gerald. right but we talked about this after and to your point what i wanted to just kind of point out there is I feel like, and she actually brought this up, I feel like that was genius casting too because 
everybody kind of immediately thinks of Pennywise when they think of him, at least anybody that's into movies. You almost, out of the gate, don't trust him because of his previous resume. You know what I mean? Even though it has nothing to do with the character in this movie, Keith, but you just inherently are like, there's something weird about this guy. And I think it's because of Skarsgård's career thus far and the casting was genius in my opinion. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, and it's not just the fact that he played, you know, one of the most evil incarnate characters of all time in Pennywise. Like, it's not just that, but like, the the dude has those like big sunken in eyes, and like, <laughs> they're huge. I mean, he's so gorgeous. When you look at him, you're like, I want to be like, he's like a magnet, dude. He's magnetic. Yeah, I mean, he's charming. Towards him, he's charming too. The way he's written in the movie, he's very. Right. Um, unassuming he's charming he, he has great chemistry with georgina campbell i think the two of them and the thing For is sure. like he he starts out sinister and he kind of gives little red flags where you're like oh girl get out of that house but and you're wondering the whole time like is he in on this is he like is he the main threat like right. is, is there going to be a heel turn where we discover that he's just a, mm-hmm. a, a big creep and like kidnaps her or something and so that's racing through our minds during during their scenes so there is something sinister there and I mean, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. That's totally not the case. But uh, the casting of Skarsgård is a stroke of genius because not only right. do we have those preconceptions, um, not only is there just something sinister about him underneath the surface, or at least he can play it that way. But then we discover that that is one of the many examples in which this film pulls the rug out from under us mm-hmm. because you know, we're led to believe that this is, uh, this, this is the direction the movie's taking and then sharp right turn. So, well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I thought that Skarsgård's character, Keith was a villain in this movie until we knew he wasn't, he would have to be right. Like, and, I mean, I mean, you know I what know I'm what saying? It was, you know what you I'm were saying? Like, you, you were like, how dare he give this cheap ass wine to this very nice girl. Right. It's too cheap. Yeah, he should have went to the store and got a better glass, yeah. better bottle just, of wine, better I, I booze. Just, I just thought that there was going to be a twist where he was, you know, bad in some way. And, you know, what happens in, in the basement, we realize, okay, well, that's obviously not the case. It Until that moment when that happened, that scene, that was until then I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I was just well, always under that kind of spell. I think that we have to we have to applaud the director here, um, Zach Kreger. Uh, he had directed a film called Miss March. Have either of you ever seen this thing? Is that with the like Playboy Playmate or whatever? Yes. I feel like I, I feel like I did I've see that never a long, seen this. long time ago. Never. And okay. what shocks me? What shocks me is that when I saw the name come up on the screen, I was like, "How do I not know this name?" And you made this thing? You made this thing that I just fucking watched? It's so like- it's a he, yeah. So he's a comedy guy, and he has directed one of the most maligned comedies, in, you know, in history. Like, I mean, it was widely hated when it came out. Granted, I've not seen it, um, but the fact that he can make that movie, which has a five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and then make this thing, which has a ninety-five percent, that's impressive. Yeah. And I well, think, it shows there's hope for humanity. I think. Well, it, hope for you know filmmakers and and uh, especially you know those who delve into the horror genre. Like, I mean, this guy, depending on what he does in the future, could mirror, you know, Jordan Peele's career trajectory from, you know, being part of a comedy troupe. Um, in this case, mm-hmm. you know, Zach Kreger was part of Whitest Kids You Know, which if you've seen Whitest Kids You Know, there are some skits in there that are like, yeah, this is like a horror film. <laughs> so, 
so yeah, I mean, we can we can only hope that this guy becomes another like genre hero. It's funny that you guys brought both of you guys brought up Don't Breathe because I thought about that several times when oh, I was yeah. watching it and when I was reflecting on it too. I mean, it's really like kind of like Don't Breathe meets The Hills Have Eyes or I thought of The uh, Descent or I mean, Justin Long's in the film. I thought of Tusk. Tusk, yeah. You know, it really. Did we, mention, but, did we mention the people under the stairs as well? This is basically. Well, that, well, I said earlier. I said earlier. I mentioned Wes Craven. I I I I mouth breathed it a little bit. I, no, I, I heard whispered you. it. But I mean, uh, this movie most definitely feels like the Wes Craven movie that he never got a chance to make. That could have been had he still been alive. I feel like this would have been a movie that could have been like he's back. You yeah. know, yeah. it it feels like more Wes Craven than than John Carpenter or George Romero or, oh, or really anybody mm-hmm. else. I agree. It has very severe tension, but it, you know, Wes was so perfect at bringing characters that are relatable that you connect to early on. And I think, you know, the, the test character at first, I wasn't sure if I was going to like her, but like 15 minutes in, I was like, Oh shit. Like she's a, a documentary person. She's trying to get this job for this, this film and she dislikes music. And I think it was very interesting in the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the movie where these characters connect her and Keith where he's like this, I guess, jazz guy or something where mm-hmm. like they hit it off. They drink this bottle of wine. Whereas before she found out who, she, who he was, there was like these two bottles of wine or whatever. And he's sitting there like being this really strange, awkward guy. Right. And then as soon as he like starts talking about the documentary, oh yeah, I saw that thing that that the person that you're trying to get hired by did last year. She's like, oh shit, fuck yeah, motherfucker, I'll get she, drunk with you. Well, yeah, she I'll lets get, her. I'll, I'll get hammered with you. Fuck yeah, let's she, party. She lets her guard down a little bit, right. and that's the thing. Like, I mean, again, the movie plants little seeds, little moments where you're like, uh, the, when she tells him that her name is Tess, he says like, that's a pretty name. He like gives her like. A, a, an unsolicited compliment that like you're like right. is this guy a creep right. and, and um, the movie the movie plays in general the movie in general plays with like societal norms for like yes. men and women yes. like how it's different for her versus him in this case but just men and women you know they face things differently throughout their lives and this movie really kind of captures that in a way that's not like you know over like it's not overdone, in my opinion. It's, it's just like no, little it's stuff no here and there. It's no Black Christmas 2019. Like it, it <laughs> don't sure. even. How sure. dare you? How sure. dare you mention that ever again? Lord Which you know, I, 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 that's great that you mentioned that, Gerald. And and we can talk about this. But when Justin Long enters the film, um, yeah. th- that that is mirrored so brilliantly with the conversation that she has with Keith before about how women have to enter situations um, and exercise e- extreme caution. Mm-hmm. Whereas men can like charge in without abandon and and feel like they can just skate by on merit of being a man. And mm-hmm. again, the movie is not heavy handed with it at all. But the the movie uses that to brilliant effect in both like terms of comedy because this is not only a great like suspense filled crackling thriller, it's also really funny and in ways that i didn't <laughs> expect at all we, again we can maybe get to that but justin no, long enters well, the we, picture we, well, we need, we, well, we need the... to get to that okay so there's a couple of different parts of this movie we get down to the depths of this basement mm-hmm. and then the movie shifts immediately mm-hmm. to justin long and i'm going to be straight up with you guys 
I didn't know he was in this fucking movie. I'm just going to tell you right now, also, to your point, to what you just mentioned, the editing in this movie is phenomenal. Oh, it's very cleverly edited to where the structure. Yeah. Yeah. It just like is forcing the audience out of their comfort zone and they're settled into a story. And then it's like, you know, like my wife even commented after with the Justin Long, like Justin Long's in a car singing some where we're like, what the fuck? Is this the same movie? Did either of you know what that song was? Um, And Gerald, you're like a classic. I am, but I don't know that one. I believe I believe it's rock and roll funk or whatever it is. I believe it's called uh, Ricky Tiki Tavi, and it's by Donovan. Okay, there you go. Donovan, who, of course, the amazing song Season of the Witch. Yeah. um, Which you've heard in many a movie. But anyway, again, without saying exactly what happens, Keith's character is is killed off. There's a hard cut to black. You're shocked because you're like, well, I mean, that can't be the end. But then it shifts gears. There's an like this tonal different shift. Movie played with, yeah, the Justin with, Long in a car, like driving in front of like a but beautiful beach. What was beach brilliant and is that and from that quick cut that Loisaz is talking about is it was like a new story. It was it was almost like is this an anthology movie? Like what the fuck is this? It's psycho. And then it's, you it's, figure honestly, out I thought how it, was, it ties guys, back. I, I thought it was a prequel or something until I realized like oh now I know well, where that happens going later. With this. <laughs> Yeah, but I was like, oh, shit, where are they going with this? Like, okay, so again, I only knew Justin Long was in this because, okay, so we'll be clear here. I wasn't spoiled on the story of the movie, but I saw someone spoil for me that Justin Long was in the movie. Well, his name's on the poster, too, I think, right? His name is on the poster, and he is in the trailer. But I I did not see that. I did not pay attention to that. It was very, like, I was passively watching it. Dude, he's back to the horror genre. Horror icon. Yeah. Creepers fucking creepers, man. Tusk. I mean, it's been a long time since he's been in a big movie again. And um, I'm just going to say it right now. He's fucking amazing in this movie. He's great. I love him in this movie. It provides all the comic relief. I mean, really, the levity to this film, but in a a satirical way where it's like it wakes you up to you know what's going on in the world but also you kind of giggle a little bit uh, because his character is so Dude, i left my fucking ass over this guy because i know yeah. this guy i know this kind of guy i mean we at this point in time we all know this kind of guy yeah he's a bad yeah. guy he's a pretty despicable character and arguably i mean depending on how you view the title of barbarian i mean there are several characters that could be the barbarian and he's one of them. He's just, he's the kind of guy that you know and you just mm-hmm. want to deck him across the face. And he, in, a, in a sense, he becomes our de facto protagonist. And um, this is a character who you find out that he is uh, accused of sexual assault. He's accused of rape. Essentially You're, like a Me Too kind of thing. Exactly. It's a mm-hmm. comment on, on, uh, on that. And... You're wondering for the longest time, like, well, where should my where should my sympathies lie? Are we meant to believe that he didn't rape right. this woman, or did he? I mean, that's so brilliant because that just leads into more uh, suspense and more of like an okay, where is this going? Yeah, he does become effectively for a while our protagonist, and we're following well, him. Also, when he finds out that you know this girl came forward with the assault charges or or assault, you know, whatever. And he's in his car. He he. Justin Long acts that so brilliantly, right? Because oh, yeah. because at first his facial expressions and and I'm going, oh, he did it. He he's a skis ball. He did it based on his facial expressions. Sure. And then as that plays out a little bit on the phone call, he starts to be a little more like kind of surprised by what he's hearing. 
So then you go, well, maybe he didn't do it to the extent that she's saying. Maybe she's trying to get money or whatever. And so you just in that one two-minute scene, you kind of go back and forth with did he or didn't he. And I feel like it's his performance and his facial expressions, his reactions. And then it's confirmed. We, fi- we right. We find out in the nightclub, you know, that he actually is, you know. Once it's confirmed, assault. we are just waiting for him to get his. Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, that that bar that looks exactly like the kind of bar that I want to be at right now instead of talking <laughs> to you guys. Oh, I wow. want to be there right now. He, well, the three clear, of us could he, meet up and we could be at that he's, bar. Right? He's we'll clearly there, yeah. drinking my drink. It looks clear, which looks like vodka. So I don't remember it, that, but he should have been well, drinking I water. Nice he needs to I hydrate saw, after all this. Because when I saw, Assault. I was like, I need another drink because I want what he's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so from then on it becomes uh ostensibly a comedy in which you know he he so he goes back to the house the that house in owns. detroit on the airbnb right. he owns and he's looking to sell it because he realizes that he's going to be in some dire financial straits because of you know the a- allegations against him so basically he's <laughs> he goes back and he starts like measuring the square footage of the house. Yeah, to get money, more money out of it. Right? His immediate reaction, and he discovers the creepy underground tunnel that Tess goes down, that Keith goes down, and we we, we skipped over all of that. So fo- try following us along here. But they're trapped down there, and his immediate reaction to discovering this creepy underground tunnel with a bloodstained mattress and a camera set up on a tripod is to find out how much money can be made off right of he goes upstairs and Google's don't forget like, don't forget you... sauce. it's not just blood stain there's cum stains on that too i saw a couple of white stains oh, on that sure too. i'm absolutely you're sure you're probably so, not wrong the the comparison could be made to don't breathe basically what we're dealing with is old guys with sex dungeons in detroit um yeah and and loy sauce <laughs> this needs to become a, a new, new genre right it's a, a new cinematic genre. universe here we go <laughs> the detroit new cinematic sex dungeons cinematic universe i mean seriously there's so much you could do with that right but that, what was genius I too i felt like by the filmmaker here and really by justin long too is that when it's confirmed, like you mentioned, Loy Sauce, we hate him, right? And we want him to get his comeuppance. But we also kind of like wonder, is he going to redeem himself? Like, is he going to do something yes. that's going to outweigh whatever we, you know, we may think he did with this girl? It's brilliant and because like he, you are wondering, is are they setting up a redemption arc for AJ? Because like mm-hmm. he has this speech where he's like, I'm a good person who did a bad thing, or maybe right. I am a bad person. And you start to kind of feel for him where it's like, okay, right. um, may, maybe he'll make it out of this. And then, well, again, without spoiling exactly what happens, he makes a choice where you're like, oh, I just want to see this motherfucker die. Yep. I want to see him get his. And so it's the movie is very clever and very I mean, deftly handled I, in that way. I have to say, that choice that we really don't want to talk about, I really want to talk about it, but I really don't want to spoil it for people, even though they're listening to a spoiler episode. <laughs> yeah, if you're um, listening to this. It is yeah. probably like one of the moments of the movie that where I was like, yes, this is amazing. It's going somewhere where I did not expect it to go. And I really, 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 really enjoyed it. I mean, are you talking about at the end on the water tower, or what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's what. Yeah. Well, the movie. (laughs) I mean, well, it jumps around a little bit. There's some stuff where I kind of. I'll make no mistake here, and, and and just be as honest as possible. Once it gets past 
where we're introduced to the AJ character, I kind of saw where it was going a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I was like, okay. So we know there's something down there in the basement. Okay. So this guy is hard up. He shouldn't be. He he was on a sitcom for real. He just did a pilot for a sitcom and he's that hard up for money. And then no one wants to touch him. But in reality, in Hollywood, that's how it works. That sure. no one wants to touch you. And it's just so funny that it was Justin Long cast in this role and that he agreed to do this, especially considering the fact that this is the same Justin Long that was in Jeepers Creepers, which is an iconic movie, but he also worked with a known convicted pedophile. Right. I don't know, guys. You tell me. Is this his way of like accepting that and like showing the public that he's aware of that or like maybe he's just i I don't know i mean like victor salva's like literally like a child fucking pedophile like he's a piece yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and Um, he did jeepers creepers with him and well i I was wondering if there was a jeepers creepers reference to how justin long gets his in the end you know with the eyes you know yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. i mean and and honestly and 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 i said this the other day like I love the first Sheepers Creepers. It's one of my favorite movies of that time period for horror movies. I'd love to screen it at Alamo. I know it's like kind of a, a thing that's it's a no-no or whatever. Well, I still think it's great. I, th- I mean, like regardless of the director behind it and what he did on his own time, I think it's a great right. horror movie. I mean, but it's Rosemary's that- Baby is one of the greatest movies of all time. And, you know, well, I mean, Polanski well, directed that. And well, so, I mean, well, separating yeah. the art from the artist. We, we I think- could argue those two things, but we're not going to do that on this episode. Yeah, I mean, the thing we- is, you could go to Hollywood right now and, and throw a rock and you'd hit somebody that's assaulted a female. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, there's just it's just rampant, you know, and it it's it's well, there's a I feel like, listen, there's a difference between certain things versus certain things, but Victor Selva literally molested like young children, yeah, boys and girls, underage boys and girls. So Certainly. Um, well, I think the movie, what, what's clever about the movie is that it takes shots at, you know, it, it, rapists are subject to ridicule. You know, the movie hates cops. <laughs> like it's very, uh, it's it, honestly, it's a woke movie without the derogatory, like, you know, what people think woke is. Is yeah, it's, or like, means. A hidden, yes, it's it, like a hidden woke movie, kind of like. But it did. Sh- a, I, think, I think it did a great job, and I mean, I don't know about you two, but I've seen cops act that way in oh, front absolutely. of me, where we were I like, mean, the, "Dude, yeah." I mean, the movie totally understands cops, <laughs> like right? Uh, I, you know, and, and and not to come to the cops' defense, but also an argument can be made like this is Detroit, like people oh, getting sure. shot every two minutes like you know crack but houses here, on every corner like sure but here's a woman covered in like dirt and blood right. saying like help right. me please like pleading well, with here's them. the thing and their 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 first their, you know their first concern is get your hands off the car exactly <laughs> you know? well what i loved about this scene and, and i just need to make this clear with you guys and you know we're not a woke show at all you know my daughter is a woke person and i respect that but what i loved about this scene had that cop been a white cop then the scene would have been very like on the nerve, right? But it was a black cop, an African American cop with an African American character. Sure. And and they're dealing with each other. Had it been like an African American character dealing with a white cop, then they would have went there and it would have been on the nose. And I think the sure. female part is still play is still playing into well, the overall well, yeah. overarching narrative too. Like she's a well, she's black- a girl, a minority yeah. girl or woman who's seeking assistance from the police and they're dismissing her, you know? Well, for sure. Yeah, black, for black, sure. black cops are part of the system too. I mean, like, right. you know, it's it's systemic. 
Um, exactly. so, but what I'm saying is, is it would have been way more on the nose. Sure. Because we, we've seen those sure. other movies portray it this way. We've seen the media portray it this way, where every white cop is pure evil and anyone else that's even a semi-minority or that's someone that, you know. It, but to your point, I think it was evil. smart to put a black cop in that role, though, because yeah, kind of like sure. what Louis Sauce is saying, it's like the system against a minority female in this case, in my mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. what I saw, regardless of what the cop looked like. It was because she was a minority woman in that scenario. That was why she was facing that pushback from the police. Also, that she, Vince Also, character, Gerald, let, let, let's know. make no mistake. She looked like fucking shit that day. Well, yeah, she did. She was and dirty. They, then they thought and, she was and, probably and, a crackhead because of the neighborhood it, she was in. It. Dude, I see crackheads. I mean, I live in Winchester, Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, and I see crackheads down the street. You go anywhere around wherever you live. You see people that are begging or whatever. And I dare I, I, I hate to call them crackheads because I used to be one myself. I, I I'm being honest. I'm just being honest on this episode. What We're learning things it? about each other. I, I, I once was <laughs> in my very young years. Fuck it. Who cares? Who cares? It's called brain stew. My my brain is made of stew. There it is, motherfucker. But no, in all reality, it, it, it added more tension to the scene because mm-hmm. we're like, oh shit, dude, this guy's leaving her, and she's this. She's on her like, own, dude. She's this crazed about this situation. Now, of course, my wife is sitting in my ear like, I would have left. I would have been the fuck out of there that second. And But I t- kept telling her, I was like, listen, those elements don't even matter in these movies because you, if you left, there'd be no movie. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this movie could have been called uh, Don't Go In There because there's so <laughs> many moments where, you know, char- characters Lois, make choices. Hold on, hold on, stop, stop, stop. Make sure to go trademark that name right the fuck right now. We're going to go make that movie next week. Don't go in there. It's a five-minute movie. <laughs> I didn't yeah. go in. It's over. Basically. Um, but, you know, the the uh, as horror fans, we have to, um, you know, get, give a little caveat and say, like, okay, like, these are horror movie choices. You know, if the character did not enter the door, there would not be a movie. Um, but, but the movie, uh, I don't think Barbarian abuses these choices. I mean, I think ultimately what the movie is is doing is um, it's like a morality play. It's, you know, uh, or it's a morality test, rather. It's like test passes, AJ fails, and that's ultimately what the movie is leading towards. And that's why they have these juxtaposed, you know, scenes where, like, uh, it starts out following Tess. And, you know, once that part of the film concludes, then we're following AJ and we see the choices that they make again, like mirroring the conversation that Tess has with Keith about like, you know, men charging in and, you know, women having to be a little bit more, um, uh, they have to protect themselves and they have to, uh, you know, make smarter choices by virtue of being a woman. And then we see Justin Long, like completely, you know, coming in with the tape measure and not even flinching when he sees that there's a sex dungeon underneath his house. Um, right. So, I can mean, I, can, can I just be honest that I laughed during that? Oh, that me too. Well, it's funny. totally it funny. It's totally up, up for ridicule. Like the the movie, it's a very intentional comedy. And I have to say, like, I mean, I think the movie does a pretty per, uh, pitch perfect job of balancing tension and tension breaking moments. It's extremely well handled, and I love how the movie kind of gives you that little break where it puts the dread, the building dread of the first half hour, on the back burner a little bit, so you can like 
kind of laugh because you know you've seen what's in the basement and that's why this the structure of the movie is so clever because you know it's dramatic irony you know what's down there but justin long does it and so you're just waiting you're waiting for him to find out (laughs) so and, and and basically what's down there is an inbred woman with super strength (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, with very droopy very large very very large i think she's a double d maybe she's a b well Dro- they're droopy, filled very droopy breasts they're I filled them, i call them milk. breasts filled. F- I, I, honestly man they made me thirsty i wanted to drink out of them motherfuckers i'm just being honest they, you did? Like they were tasty Wow. You did. Yeah. Well, they she was giving like, out samples, man. So if you could have just found was, your way down to the basement, they you'd were good. squirting. I was like, you know what? Maybe I want to be in that dungeon and be fed by them. They look really delicious. Oi. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> look at you. That that scene with the bottle is, is, is up there with the turkey baster and don't breathe in terms of mm-hmm. like. <laughs> the, I mean. Yeah, I, I, but dude, but dude, but dude, it's not, it's not going into an orifice or, or, or a, a, a special area. The well, an orifice. I, I saw the foreshadowing. No. I saw the foreshadowing of what Justin Long was going to go through with the breastfeeding there when they kept showing the VHS tape. Yeah, definitely. And I was like, um, oh, this is not going to go. Like, it's either going to be him or Tess or somebody's going to be, you know, breastfeeding wish, off this lady. I wish I saw this in a packed theater. I mean, unfortunately, I, I saw this at like around 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. There were only about 30 people in the audience, but I wish I had That's seen it. That's not bad, like, dude. That's not bad at all, actually. Uh, I guess. But, it, I mean, if I had been in a theater with 100 people in, you know, in the auditorium, I feel like there would have been more reaction. I feel like I would have fed off that energy of like the audience going, "Oh no, like don't go in there, don't do this." And right. um, well, you know, we all can we can all sit here and pretend like we all want to live in the eighties, as me and Gerald have. Yeah, and you didn't. Most so. people at home, you know, were at home streaming something on Netflix or something, probably, and not at the theater watching this. But I'm glad I saw it in a theater for sure. I, I again, I feel like. Um, it, it's it's the best way to experience it because uh, you don't get that same thrill, that same that same vibe. I just wish it had been a little bit more because th- I mean that scene is made for audience reaction. It's it's yeah, shocking, sure. it's disgusting. It's cringeworthy, you know? yeah, it's cringeworthy. Yeah, for, uh, you're you're yeah. kind of squirming in your seat. The other reason I love that scene is because it's revealed moments before that Tess is actually alive. I was wondering the whole time, like. Did, did Tess die and we're just following Justin Long for the rest of the movie? And it's revealed that she's alive and she's been, you know, she, she's been sucking on that that nipple of the bottle this whole time, like, <laughs> and, and trying to warn him, like, do what she says, do what she wants, right. because otherwise you're going to end up like Keith with your, you know, your brains all Had over I the floor. Had I fallen down there, I've been like, no need to speak any further, baby. I'm all about that nipple. <laughs> Drink it all day and night. Two percent. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But so the mother character. I mean, we have to talk about like the. I mean, first of all, very impressive makeup job on this character. Mm-hmm. I think I read uh, the the actor said he, it was a three hour makeup you know transformation into the mother into yeah i think she's just called the mother in the credits but yeah really impressive look to the character i mean uh there are moments that just send shivers up the spine where terrifying um, where she like there are moments where she's uh, you know 
loud and screaming and and moving very quickly and there are other moments where she's completely still and she moves very slowly and it just like there are images in the movie that i kept thinking about and dreamed about of this character shrouded you know in shadow they don't show too much of her until the end it's not a monster let's make no mistake guys it's not a a monster it's a very human-like character that grew up in this environment and we know the environment because we saw that flashback sequence which by the way amazing talk beautiful flashback sequence pitch fucking perfect the music the cars camera the grocery store the camera work everything and Um, richard brake is 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 a creepy guy well what i told danielle my wife and i said they they grabbed this guy anytime they need like a creepy looking bad guy I mean, yeah, I mean, he's li- he's literally the guy in Batman Begins where they're like, we need someone to kill the Waynes. You're going to be that guy. And that yeah. was like 2005. Um, and Rob Zombie likes to use him. He's been in like 31 and a bunch of Rob Zombie movies. He looks like, I mean, what most people think of is, I hate to say it, like a child molester slash like serial sure. killer. Serial but killer, he, yeah. But he sure. fits the bill. And that sequence was thrilling to me and terrifying to me i think everything about the movie and i I love this push you know the black phone was earlier this year which i also really loved um Uh, um, really loved i I don't know (laughs) i mean it was a movie that existed apparently neither you listen to the episode so go fucking listen before you get on here um oh i'm sorry i didn't realize i wasn't allowed to have an opinion that differed from yours no, you're not. Not without listening <laughs> to the podcast, apparently. I listen. listen. I listen. Justin does, doesn't no, give me nearly enough credit. No. Okay. It's fine. It's The black fine. phone is fine at best. The black phone is very good nah. in terms of suspense. All right. I mean, I wish. Okay. Uh, side, no, no, side no. note. No side nothing. What I'm saying is. In terms of the representation of an earlier time, the sure. 70s, the 80s. The aesthetic. That's right. what I was bringing up. A time, Moisos, in which you have never lived. And so the, it's the a time be- you are not allowed to speak on because you've never lived it. The, so, so this movie are- has a lot of like <laughs> thrilling stuff and chills and horror, right? One of the best chills I got from this movie is when that character in the flashback, at the end of the flashback, and everybody's leaving Detroit. And, of course, we know what it turns into in present day with everything that's going on with Tess Juggalos. and the neighborhoods. I see ICP. ICP. Fagel so, and ICP. That, that's what it turned into. So his neighbor's like, look, we're leaving town. Like, the neighborhood's going to shit, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. You know? And you're like, I mean, that just gave me chills because it's like, all right, this guy's literally building a fucking underground whatever and he's going to be raising these barbarians, so to speak. And uh, it was, I don't know, it was a really, I felt like that was a really chilling segue to our final act of the movie, I felt like. Definitely. And it also, I mean, what the movie does that the Black Phone didn't was that it allows you, uh, the story is structured again, so that it allows you moments where you're not underneath the the claustrophobic tunnels or you're not confined to this one location. It opens it up a little bit at the exactly the right moments to to give you a little break from the the tension of feeling like like you're um, stuck in this one location. So the fact that we follow this character, this serial killer I mean, character. The black phone the black phone showed 
I mean, his sister in her bedroom, we saw their characters out and about. His so. sister that did nothing to the story? Like, why Why was why would, she, 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 she led she the cussed, police she, there? She, she cussed and said, Jesus fucking Christ. I know she did. Uh, so that's a scene. That's, it that's is a, a scene. You're, you're certainly correct. It was a scene in the movie. Um, but anyway, so the bl- the black phone. I felt uh, this is a one location movie, and it felt uh, it felt claustrophobic in a way that that uh, Barbarian at least kind of lets you breathe a little bit. But I mean, and, in, in reality, I don't think Tess really goes anywhere that's all that more important. She goes to like a gas station or something. I mean, she's in Detroit. She doesn't really go in anywhere that important. It's not like she's like, yeah, I'm going to drive to the city and go have a drink at this posh bar or anything. Like, it's still, well, no. I, I feel like it's still segregated to this small little area. So it's still well, sure. just as suspenseful as, because if you know Detroit and the area that the house is supposed to be in, it's kind of the same idea. Yeah. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Like, the characters are trapped, but I'm talking about in terms of, uh, the structure of the movie, like again, like um, when Keith and Tess go down to the the basement, that's when the movie um, goes back to the Justin Long character, and then you know more hijinks ensue, and then we cut to the serial killer character going, you know, going about his, you know, his day, and we're seeing, uh, you know. I guess more of the neighborhood, more of the world. And then in the end, I, I thought they were going to stay in the tunnels the entire time. The end, they finally escape the house um, mm-hmm. and they're being chased by the mother. And, and this is the thing. This is the I thing, wasn't expecting though. that. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting this either. And I think this is the part of the film that, and Gerald, I'll require your comments on this. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people are loving the movie. They're in the movie 100%, like feeling it up until this point. Then once they leave... And then we get like, you know, the best thing this movie has going for it is subverting our expectations. And you guys have both been saying, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect this. And I agree with you. And I think that's the beauty of this film overall is that there were so many hard lefts when you thought it was going to go straight. And they were all, you know, like my wife, who's not a horror fan, right? She's watching the movie. Like to her as a casual viewer, she's kind of like disoriented. Like, is this the same movie? Like what's happening? But when you get done with the film and you look back on it, or even now as we're sitting here reflecting on it, that's the beauty of it is that it did so many things that were unexpected and it took so many chances and it went in so many different directions. At the end of the day, the story all ties together. It all comes down to the climax at the end of the film with the water tower with the mother. And like, you know, that that was a beautiful ending, I thought, to this film. And I love the way it, it, it came to, a, to its climax there. But I think the best thing, if I'm giving praise to this movie, my number one praise is subverting our expectations as an audience. And something in horror that doesn't happen as much today as it did you know, we've seen everything. So it's like, what can they do? What can filmmakers do to make something different these days? And I felt like this was done really well. It really took so many different turns and twists and turns. And it just kind of kept us guessing as to what we were going to end up seeing. I fully agree. I mean, I, I read with, uh, I read in an interview with the director, he did say that he wrote the first, like, again, up th- that first 30 minutes, he wrote that. And then he was like, well, okay, then what happened? So clearly he didn't write it with like Mm -hmm. the entire arc of the movie in mind. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he managed to kind of tie everything together in a way that like I'm I'm excited to watch the movie again because Mm -hmm. I feel like with what, you know, 
going in knowing where it's all going to end up. Um, right. I can kind of see like if even more little seeds are planted throughout to kind of um, hint at that eventual conclusion. But I will say, I I agree with Justin to a certain extent that I feel like once the mother character is revealed, there's a little bit of surprise that's eked out of the movie. Um, because I feel like that first half hour is so brilliant at um, ratcheting up the tension. Once you figure out what's what's under what's under there, um, you're like, okay, you're not as on the edge of your seat as you probably were. I expected a lot more to come from that. I didn't expect just one. I expected a lot more. The movie does hint because there's one point where Justin Long is navigating the tunnels and he has a cell phone light to kind of to kind of look around or no he has a flashlight rather and there's a moment where he has a choice to go left or right and he goes right and i'm like well what's what's, what's left? left like yeah, yeah exactly like so i th- i we feel like know. i mean if you wanted to make a sequel or do whatever like there's maybe more to be mined from this concept but i think ultimately like i don't know if i was expecting more necessarily but i i, I just felt like okay like once once the twist happens i could kind of rest a little bit easier however i have to say that pretty much every scene from scene to scene i didn't really know what it would what it would do and that is nice to kind of have a horror movie that's you know built on surprise i mean as much as i loved as much as i loved you know uh scream as much as i loved uh x you know those are those are movies where you're like okay i pretty much know what i'm gonna get texas chainsaw massacre of course but to have a horror movie where you're like (laughs) <laughs> what where is this going what's going to happen is well, I think it, it's refreshing for sure i think i think that i love to hear you say that because that's kind of what i'm thinking like i don't know if underwhelms the right word but i mean when it comes to the you know mother character and what we learn is the kind of like imposing threat that's been there the whole time that was not the feature for me like the feature was more the storytelling aspect and the way the movie was told to us sure as horror fans and how it did keep us guessing as to where this movie's going and i kind of really really enjoyed it justin you were asking me this earlier i really enjoyed when they kind of got out of the house and the mother left her safe space to you know someone could argue you know get her children i mean that's kind of what she was thinking you know yeah although the the, ho- the homeless guy did say that she she comes out at night i know so. yeah. and then he's like but he's like he was I've there been for living here for 15 years and she's never bothered me here then we all saw split that Done. deep blue that deep blue sea moment where it's like there it is. <laughs> yep. you have a character t- the shark came out of the water and there it was but yeah. you have a character See, saying like we're, we're safe here and then as, and, as he's saying it you know you know guys I'll, I'll just say this much though for that scene i was hoping for so much more because even my wife didn't jump for that scene and she should have i looked yeah. around and i waited and i was like i know where it's gonna come here yeah, it's you can kind of see it. I, I literally telegraphed. I mean, I mean, we know a guy that directed this movie is very talented. He had a vision which is very pure. Yeah, almost perfect. He's still not there yet, though, and he's not above and beyond our minds in terms of us being horror moviegoers, where we're like, oh, I think I know what you're doing there. I think he tricked us a few times. I won't lie, he did. He definitely did trick us. But when it got to that point, I was like, I know where it's going. And I was waiting for Danielle to jump. She did not jump. And if my wife didn't jump during that scene, that means 
it well, wasn't that, there yet. Well, that's kind of, I was like, that's kind of what. Cut me off, cut me off. Dude, I'll cut your fucking head off next time I <laughs> see you, man. I'll chop that beard off and I'll. Please. And then I'll that's, paste some of it, I'll, I'll, I'll glue some of it on your head and shit. And, oh, thank God. I need it. <laughs> but that's kind of what I mean, though, is that anything that had to do with the mother character as the antagonist underwhelmed me. And I know that might be oh, an unpopular really? opinion. Okay. No, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, my I mean, the yeah. my biggest love of this movie was the way the filmmaker told us the story and the way it yeah, was. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I, once the mother character is revealed, you're like, okay, yeah, I, I get what she is. kind of what I mean, I'm saying. But the uh, I think the beautiful thing that the film does is that it also kind of teases a redemption arc not only for AJ, but for the mother. And well, I felt like, for her the whole time. I mean, she's a victim. And you're like, oh, okay. Like w- when she's when she's caring for Tess at the end, as if she were her child, Tess kind of shows slight hesitation mm-hmm. before shooting her in the goddamn head and the credits mm-hmm. roll. <laughs> you know, but, but there's that moment where you're like, is Tess going to, you know, have that kind of... Um, Reciprocate the like... Yeah, moment of humanity I, that we I, all I, have I, as audience members. I, I, I hate to like try to cut you off, Lois, us, but... I literally I hate just it heard, too. I, I, well, 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 I heard you. I'm just, just kidding. I heard you speak it out loud, that ending, and it's very abrupt. Well, mm-hmm. when it is abrupt, but when I recall it in my head, I'm just thankful and I'm so appreciative. This year alone, in terms of being like a horror lover or a cinephile or whatever you want to call yourself, but with you two on this panel right now tonight. Rat for this Nile. movie, for Barbarian. <laughs> Listen, I live in Winchester, Virginia. I'm getting that. I, I can't help it anymore. I'm so sorry. And I watched Pearl earlier this week. I'm sorry, darling. I just want you all on my lap here. We also uh, we also may have watched Elvis recently. Oh, I love Elvis. Well, me and uh, me and Gerald are big, biggest Elvis fans of all time. We're going to go meet at Graceland this year for Christmas. Damn we're gonna right, baby. A, we're going to have a Christmas dinner there. and I'm uh, Peanut butter and banana. Put on my whole jet black hair and shit back, and it's happening. But in I reality, <laughs> I mean, it's so hard for me to like walk out of this and be like, "Listen, think of how many years that we had a drought, or we had like one or two good horror movies, and we've had." Again, I understand you guys not loving the black phone. That's fine. So many movies released this year where there was quality filmmakers and quality filmmaking being put behind these films. And for me, it makes me want to cry. I mean, it really does because the genre is thriving. It, it is, really yeah. is. I mean, it's thriving to the fact the renaissance. where, where, where yep. you said it earlier, this movie made bank. It was what, number one you said at the box office? Well, I would, I don't know about making bank, but it made its budget back and it's likely going to do very well. Well, um, that's making bank. I think, I think that the horror genre is prime set for just what Loisauce said, a renaissance because of COVID. And because when people want to gather in the theater, they want to be scared. They want to be thrilled. You know, you could maybe make an argument for movies like Top Gun Maverick and action movies and stuff like that, which is great, too. But there's just something about just the uneasiness and the unsettling feeling that comes with, with a great horror movie when it's done well. Well, in the sense of fun too, like yeah, this movie you're is having fun. a good time it's with it. It's true. It's this definitely movie is unsettling. Fun. I agree, and, and I think that's you know to to set it apart from the other movies the rest of the year. I mean, we, we obviously Nope was fun. Um, the Black Phone was definitely not fun. I mean, Axe was fun. Way too guessy. Pearl, 
You guys haven't can't seen wait. it yet. And I, I want to see it. I can't talk about it until I review it with you guys. On Halloween the show. ends is coming out next month. I mean, uh, I don't know how fun that'll be, but I mean, like in reality, great. like a movie like this, most definitely, like Lois House, and, and, and thinking about it logically, this AJ character played by Justin Long, he, he's a douchebag. He's a terrible guy, but seeing this guy, you know, walk through the movie, it's fun. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to see this guy, like, die a horrible death and you're like just waiting for it the entire time and it's and you do you do and just to, the movie just to ends. touch on it real quick i love the fucking ending you guys brought oh, okay. it up right on. i i love i like guys, it guys let's like make it. a let's make a movie and fucking get out like why are we <laughs> you know what i mean this dragon shit why are we on wasting like time what on happens with yeah. yeah it's like the movie like we saw what we wanted to see this was the end of the movie. The villain is dead. Like, if you want to do a sequel, great. <laughs> Gerald, but otherwise, the movie's over. Just, Let's just fucking wait. go home, guys. Just wait, dude. Just wait until me and Loisos finish Geese. It's been in the <laughs> making for 10 years. We're making Geese. You think Jaws is scary? You mm. think Brian is scary? Justin. Don't be talking about geese because someone's going to steal our idea and make the movie before us. I trademarked it. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I own the trademark to geese. Well, the fucker tried to steal that shit. Geese in 3D. (laughs) You think geese are scary flying at you in the park? Wait till you see geese in 3D. Dude, I already had the patent on it. It's like, yeah, in 40 years when we're like old ass motherfuckers. Yeah, geese in 3D. (laughs) For real, though. Ladies and gentlemen, this is that time during this episode where we like to do that thing that we call trash it or treasure it. So I'm going to throw it to my, well, White Sauce, you're not a guest. Move aside. (laughs) Am I not? (laughs) Move aside. Gerald, are you going to trash or treasure Barbarian? What do you guys think? I'm going to treasure it. This, this is a treasure in the horror genre. It's I, uh, I, know, I, I, I don't I've know got, how to... Do you want me to disown you? or No, nah, you're good. I mean, I've got <laughs> issues with it. I think I expressed them somewhat on the episode. I mean, you know, from being such a huge fan of movies like The Descent and, you know, The Hills Have Eyes and those kind of like cave people, you know, shit that we've gotten in the horror genre... It was a little underwhelming from that perspective, but there were so many great things built into the storytelling and the way the movie was shot and uh, the fact that this is essentially a first-time filmmaker. I mean, definitely early in his career is also really exciting. I I mean, I liked it. I mean, you know, it's weird because it's like there's movies... Uh, Miss March came out in 2009, so he's not exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is no Miss March. You know what I mean? but, but, but you know, the, there's, there's, you know, I liked it. I loved it, and I'm in love with it. I think I'm kind of like I loved it. You know, like there was a lot of great, great things that I really enjoyed, but just. I don't know. Just it, I think it has a lot to do, which ironically, Lloyd, we were talking about at the very beginning of the episode, but some of that marketing stuff at the beginning and the hype train may have skewed my enjoyment of it because and I kind of went into it Look at both, of y'all. Look at both of y'all. One of y'all works at a theater. You've been working at a theater for how long? And y'all are still falling prey to this shit. And I won't even lie, though. And I, I will fall lock and step with you, Gerald, that that still gets me to this day. So I can't, I really, I really can't, I want to hate you for this take Mm -hmm. and stab you in the throat and say, you're wrong, Gerald, get the fuck out of here. We'll never bring you back ever again. Damn. In reality. Wow. In reality, it's true though. And we're all human. 
you know, we all react to these things the same way. The trailer was what the trailer was. But you still liked it, though. Yeah, I treasure it. Treasure for me. There it is. And Saucy? Saucy is bossy. Well, I'm glad you're not having me rate this on a number scale because I've always hated doing that. That's why. Yeah, brain stew's easier. (laughs) It's yay or nay. Uh, Yay for me. I'm going to treasure it. I mean, I think this is, you know, a a nasty little uh, things that go bump in the night thriller. Um, I think... It has, you know, the technical... We didn't even really touch on the technical aspects of the movie from the the, the truly you shivery sound didn't. design. You mean you didn't. Well, I mean, I'm about to. Um, great, great techniques. Uh, there's there's moments like there there's a part where you see uh, clothes tumbling in a washing machine and it instantly cuts to um, a shot of a cup of tea. And I like just the way things are framed. There's a lot of like foreground background shots where... Um, something's happening in the background that's that's extremely creepy, and you're it, uh, it all supports the tension, the building tension throughout the film. Spooky. Absolutely, there's you know p- camera th- like the camera techniques of like uh, characters um, walking and the cameras following them from the back. There's like sleek, almost like GoPro shots for the action stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, and also like with, with like Sam Raimi or, uh, you know, Wes Craven-esque glee, it kind of pulls the rug out from the audience pretty consistently. And almost every scene is this just deliciously demented surprise. And I so think what in a you're year, trying to say, so what you're trying to say is that you treasure this movie. I think, I think in a year full of exceptional horror movies, uh, this is one of the gnarliest and most refreshing offerings. So I have to, I have to give a treasure it to Barbarian, Justin, and, and he will. You don't need to say my name, but yes, yes, yes. I applaud the both of you. Seriously, thank you so so much. Two of my most. I mean, I'm hard to find words to actually describe the two of you. Gerald helped create and kick off this thing that is Brain Stew. And Lois Sauce, you've always been part of this brand from the beginning. I'm so thankful you guys came on for this episode. And I'm sure Jeremy and Brady are both appreciative as well since they were not available. And ladies and gentlemen, look forward to more massive crossovers in the future. We are looking forward to doing way bigger crossovers and bigger panels but not bigger than this one right oh yeah much 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 oh i don't i don't know should i does like, it get any bigger than this brother Trust should me. i measure the size of my cock right now and then you guys can measure the size of yours and we could like edit up and then like we can do that nah, thing i don't up. think we need to do all that <laughs> Oh, oh, he uh, he was talking about (laughs) measuring stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, yes, I digress. Um, Yes, I give this movie. I I, I, I really, really love this movie. And in reality, maybe these guys gave me a realization. I liked this movie better than the black phone. For Mm -hmm. sure. Of course you Um, did. There's a reason for that. Not a high bar to clear, but. (laughs) What's that? I said not a high bar to clear, but. Yeah, of course you did. The black phone was fucking brilliant. Fantastic. Uh, 
It was. I, I love how Jones okay. stroking his beard, and he's like, it's okay. "Yeah, it's okay." In a world where we're we get, pretentious, like, we're pretentious in, critics in, who in, in uh, a, well, yeah, you are, our beards. Well, you are a pretentious critic. Mm. Grow your beard back, Loisos. Then you have the right to stroke your beard. Then I could run my fingers through it as I pretentiously. Gerald has the mm-hmm. right. Gerald has mm-hmm. the right to stroke his beard. You do not because you have no beard. I'd like beard. to stroke Loisos's beard if he ever grows it back. Ooh. We could do that I, while I, I stroke like to, talk pretentiously about I stroked his beard one night and you don't know what I'd like to stroke something that. else. Hey, Ooh. while I stroke your beard. Hey. But, I mean, <laughs> in reality, though, ladies and gentlemen, I think. This is the year, though. I feel like we are on the right path. Mm-hmm. We have had so many amazing horror films this year so far. And I can't wait for you guys to see Pearl. I can't Ooh, wait, I can't wait for that, that movie. But we're in a renaissance, as Loisa said. And I'm so excited about this because this means, like, not only do I have a job, but my favorite genre of all time is thriving. And these filmmakers have these opportunities to do new things with the genre. We're there. Here we are. Mm. But ladies and gentlemen, we are done with this episode for Barbarian. If you've seen the movie, let us know what you think in the comments section. If you think Gerald's wrong, Shit on his beard. Say you want to actually take a giant dump on it. Wow. If you want Loisos to grow his beard back, which he should, <laughs> let him know in the comment section. But Gerald, if they want to find you on social media, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, brother. We got a pretty sweet October lineup coming up, actually. Justin's on two of the five episodes that I have next month for I Halloween. Am. I am. You are. You've already done one of them. You probably forgot, I guess. <laughs> and the other ones we're recording next week. But yeah, we got a lot of fun horror stuff on my show, too, coming up. Because every October, I do top five lists around the horror genre, Halloween-themed. And then the rest of the year is just fun top five topics for movies, TV, music. So I want to do a top five Motley Crue songs. Okay, we could do that. we do Big Hair Band, though, or just Motley Crue? We could do Motley Crue, then we could do... I know you like top five. I would like top ten. Oh, wow. All right. So I got to change the whole format of the show to have you over there? Yeah. All right. That's fine. Yeah. I'll do it well, for unless you. I'm, unless you want to do like top five Def Leppard, top five Poison, top yeah. five Quiet Riot, top do five fucking ACDC, top five. I mean, we could keep doing the whole thing for the rest of our lives when we did. Yeah. I'm down with that. But the easiest I thing. Think we should do, I think we should do top five movies called Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah, dude. I know what's on my list. When, listen, I just saw Loisos do a face. Who are you, Dinosaur Dracula? Ah, uh, if only. Dinosaur Dracula, if you're listening, which I know you are, come on the show. We'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. He is listening, actually. We love you. We watch all your videos. It's about that time. It's about that Halloween time. Justin, you and I next month are going to be hosting a Terror Tuesday screening of Trick or Treat, one of Holy our favorite shit. movies. Look, look what he pulled out of his back pocket here. Look at how well, professional he I is. I have to do a little bit of self promotion. You know, you have to. If you're, if you're in the DC area, if you're in well, the well, Northern Virginia off, first area. First off, don't talk about Trick or Treat. First, talk about 
the WNUF Halloween sequel that we're both in. Oh, but you're man. also hosting. Yes. Uh, That's October first, 1st, motherfucker. October 1st, Alamo Drafthouse, Ashburn. Uh, director Chris LaMartina and horror host Aurora Gorealis are going to be uh, in attendance hosting a screening of the WNUF Halloween sequel, or as it's officially called, the Out There out Halloween there, Megatape. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, if you've not seen this movie yet, um, you know, definitely track it down. It's on DVD. Or, send you know, Gerald, again, if you're in the area. Send, send Gerald a, a, a copy. He looks oh. Up. Um, oh definitely but um yeah if you love halloween if you love all things nostalgia 90s horror um definitely check it out and um it's not scary it's more fun than scary i was scared i was scared oh sure i was scared Um, but yeah it's going to be an amazing event we'll be there hang out with us um yeah it's going to be great and then on the 18th terror tuesday trick-or-treat uh we got a lot of stuff to look forward to and dismember the alamo which is the biggest the biggest horror fest that we do every single year loisos we can't talk about the titles but no we can't can talk about the dates it's a mystery you can talk about yeah. the dates uh october 28th last saturday of october is dismember the alamo tickets are not on sale quite yet but again if you're in the area um alamo draft house ashburn come hang out with us lots of spooky stuff to come we're getting to that we're getting to that time of year, fellas. And that's our way of saying, Gerald, get your ass out of your comfort zone and get the fuck up here to Northern Virginia because we have to. the best, literally the best October planned for any Alamo. Everyone needs to come out for that shit. But thank you so, so much, ladies and gentlemen, for coming for this episode of Fresh Frights Ooh. Barbarian. I hope all of you have seen this movie. If you haven't, go see this movie. Gerald said you should. Loisaw said you should. I said you should. Everyone should see this movie. Without a doubt. There it is. A hundred P. One hundred. So for myself, from Gerald. Say hello, Gerald. Hello, hello, Gerald. And the Lolololoy sauce. There it is. And until next time, I'm Justin. And I'm Gerald. And I'm Brian. With an I? Or is it a Shut Y? Your mouth. What the actual fuck are you? You're the Lolololoy sauce. And we'll see you. Oh, we're doing that. We're not, you know, stay creepy or whatever it is you guys say. <laughs> Keep it we're creepy. We're doing old school. Say it. We're, say it. Say it. <laughs> say it. We will see you at, at the, the movies. So hard
now everything is easy because of you.